When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Josie with Affirmation Pod, your home for personal development, where I create actionable content that you can try before you hit the sack tonight. Stuff that's relevant, realistic, and practical, because I'm less into information, more into transformation. So at the time of this recording, 2016 is just days away. And as I mentioned in the last episode on gratitude lists, this episode is on making changes and changing habits. Big shout out to Ash for requesting an episode on this topic. And there's going to be kind of three sections to it. I'm going to first share a little bit about my work experience because that's going to make the rest of the episode make more sense. I'm going to share a six-step strategy for changing habits. And then I'm going to give you five steps that I've taken for a technology life balance. And and I'll explain a little bit more about how that idea came to be. All right. So first my work experience. I actually have about 10 years experience working as a registered clinical counselor and a educator in the addiction field. And how I got into it, because a lot of people are curious about that, is when I was doing my master's in counseling, I needed internship hours. I actually had no clue, no idea where to go for that. And I didn't know what area I wanted to work in. I was quite jealous of my classmates who were They really knew they wanted to work with youth with mental health issues or whatever it might be. And they always had connections or whatever. I felt actually quite stressed because uh, your internship hours is very important for your graduation and your licensing. So one thing about me is I love to cook. And so there are a few homeless shelters in the city that I live in. And I just called one up one day and said, hey, da, 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 da explained my situation and got a meeting with them and they're very kind and they offered me an internship. So I'm thinking, okay, great. It's going to be stuff like, you know, helping make the meals and then help maybe counsel the, some of the people who are coming in who are homeless. And they actually said, no, um, we have a drug and alcohol recovery program here. There is a men's program. There is a women's program. And we'd like to place you in both as your internship. And so I, l- I remember looking at the manager and I, said something to the effect of, well, I don't really know much about addictions and how to treat addictions. And he said something I'll never forget. He looked at me and he said, when you graduate and you become a counselor, no matter where you work and what population you work with, there's two things that everyone knows someone who's facing it. One is cancer. Everyone knows someone who's facing cancer. And the other is addiction. Everyone knows someone who's facing addiction. So he said, it's going to benefit you to have experience with people who face addiction. And so needless to say, I learned a lot in that internship. And after I graduated, I expanded uh, some of the work I've done to process addictions. And so just quickly, there's two umbrellas when it comes to addiction. There's substance use, which is what our brains default to think of typically, 
uh, your drugs, your alcohol, prescription medications, smoking, things like that. And then there's the world of process addictions. So under that umbrella, you'll find video gaming, shopping, gambling, pornography, working, spending, exercising, technology. You get the picture. And yes, there can be crossover among the two. And yes, one, somebody can replace one and pick up another. And yes, someone can be dealing with issues under both umbrellas at the same time. The only thing I'll highlight here is what happens in the brain is very similar when it comes to substance addictions as well as process addictions. By the way, process addictions are sometimes called behavior or behavioral addictions. All right. I know this is like the educator in me coming out. I, you wouldn't believe how like all my notes for this episode, I'm like, oh, I got it. Like, I got I want to keep these episodes under 20 minutes and I don't need to mention this and I don't need to mention that. And I've actually had to record and, and re-record because I was just talking too much about too many things that are like, this is not an episode on addiction. This is an episode on habits. But I wanted you to have an idea of where I'm coming from because I've had experience working with people who are trying to make a change, huge change in their life from the place of addiction to the place of not being addicted. And that is a, such a battle for their lives, for their happiness, for all these things for them. So I'll differentiate addiction and habit here before I go into the habit stuff. And I'm being really general. When it comes to addiction, when there is a craving, and typically associated with that is withdrawal, a loss of control, and negative consequences. Craving, loss of control, negative consequences. That's somebody facing an addiction. This episode is brought to you by AquaTrue. Do you know what's in the water you're drinking? Before I found AquaTrue, I was using those water filters that are in a pitcher. I now realize those have 15 times more contaminants compared to reverse osmosis. And that's where AquaTrue comes in. They have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, perfect for keeping me hydrated with way purer, way healthier water, especially when our bodies are 60% water. I have the AquaTrue Carafe, which doesn't need any installation. This makes a great gift if you have a grad moving to a college dorm, or for those who are getting married and going to be renting. I use AquaTrue every day. It's for my drinking, my cooking. It's for the plants. It's for the dog. We're all benefiting from pure, healthier water. What about you? AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and they have a special offer for Affirmation Pod listeners. Today, you receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter promo code AFFIRMATION at checkout. Again, to get 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com, and use promo code AFFIRMATION at checkout. That's A-F-F-I-R-M-A-T-I-O-N at AquaTrue.com. Thank you, AquaTrue, for sponsoring this episode today. Now, let's talk habits. How many of you, put up your hand if you're able to wherever you are. If it's not safe to, don't. And maybe just say yes, or I don't know, if you're driving, just kind of tap your steering wheel with your finger. How many of you at some time in your life have resolved to eat better, exercise more, save more money, donate money, spend more quality time with family, volunteer, keep in touch with someone special, sleep earlier, watch less TV, read more, stop procrastinating, study earlier, take a class, 
follow up with something, be on time, vacation more, cut junk food, eat more vegetables, cut certain relationships, but you find yourself returning to them after a while. Is that you? I think that's all of us. In preparing for this episode, I asked the Affirmation Pod Facebook group to share some examples of habits they want to transform. And thank you to the Facebook group. You are amazing. By the way, if you want to join, you can do that by going to affirmationpod.com slash Facebook. Examples they gave of habits they want to change are checking your smartphone too often, not letting technology control their life, spending time with family and on passions, biting your nails, and overthinking things. So I'm now going to give you six steps for changing a habit. And I, I'm not calling it stopping a habit because I really feel like when you say no to something, you need to say yes to something. When you say yes to something, you need to say no to something. It's really important to make a shift because if it's all of a sudden going to be, I'm not going to do this anymore. Well, what are you going to do instead? Because you got to fill either that time, that emotion, or that need within you. All right, let's go to step one. By the way, all these steps will be in the show notes at affirmationpod.com slash new habits. Step one is describe the old habit. So what exactly is it that you want to change? And I'm going to add in there, I don't know exactly how to say this, but what level of I'm sick of this do you have? If it was zero to 10, Zero is like, well, yeah, it's something I want to change, but not really. And 10 is like, I am so disgusted that I continue to struggle with this and that I am wrestling with this and this is in my life on this level. Because reflecting on that will help with step two. And step two is describe the new habit. So if it's something you really want out of your life for good, like biting your nails, then yeah, that would be a 10. But if it's something like, hey, I don't want to be on Facebook an email as often as I am. I don't want to check my cell phone as often as I do. Well, you're still going to want to check it because, well, you have it. And let's face it, that's reality now. So maybe you'd be like at a four or a six, right? Like I'm, I'm sick of this to this level. And that can kind of frame what the new habit will look like. So for example, maybe the new habit would look like, okay, after work, I'm going to have dinner. After dinner's done, I'm going to set a timer for one hour. And during that hour, I am free to check as much email and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Pinterest and YouTube and whatever for that hour. Whether I do do use my phone or not, I'm free to do that. But once that timer goes off, that one hour, I don't go back to it for the rest of the night. It shuts down. I'm going to do my thing, whether it be I'm going to read I'm going to meditate, I'm going to do yoga, whatever it might be. And that's where I say, what's the new habit? Because just saying I'm going to turn my phone off for the rest of the night or I'm going to keep it in the closet until the morning. Well, if you don't have some sort of activity you want to do to replace it, and it doesn't have to be some big wild thing, it's going to be harder to change because something's going to feel missing. But if you've added something to your life, to replace it, it's not going to feel like something's missing as much. Basically, you're kind of distracting yourself. So step one, describe the old habit. Step two, describe the new habit. Step three, and step three is why was the old habit here in the first place? And I'm going to say what I say in my journaling pod course, 
the level of effectiveness here is going to be correlated with how honest you are with yourself. As a counselor, when I see people, whether it be addiction clients or marriage clients or whatever, how honest they are with themselves really is a pivotal factor for changes and reaching goals, reaching their therapeutic goals. So be honest with yourself here. Why is the habit here in the first place? So it might be something like you've always done since you were a child. Uh, Your parents modeled it growing up and so you've adopted it too. A way you used to deal with stress and then now the stress isn't there, but the habit stayed. Uh, It's something you love doing, but it's taking away time from other priorities. And sometimes it's simply mismanagement of time, money, or energy. So why is the old habit here? And so once you answer the question, why is the old habit here in the first place? Is there something that is another layer to this whole thing, right? To the old habit. Like, I know this is kind of a random off example, but I remember we had one client in group. He was this lovely person, so supportive, so helpful, but there was one thing about him and the group was not happy about it. He always showed up late. When he was there, he was so engaged, such a great part of the group, but it really interrupted the dynamic of the group that he was always 10 to 30 minutes late for a two-hour group session. And the group, I mean, they loved him. So they really wanted to help him with like, because he was like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm late, I'm so sorry, I'm late. So for him, the old habit was, I'm late. I'm consistently late. The new habit was getting there on time or even early. And he said, you know what, I'll get my shoes on and I'll have my jacket on, I'll be ready to go. And, and, you know, if I go, I'll be on time, but then I'll take my phone out and I start emailing people back that I don't, it's not even urgent. And then I, oh, then I got to rush and then I got to get there. And, and as he shared, it became pretty apparent that that feeling of rushing under pressure, got to get there. Uh, I'm late. I'm late. I got to go. Was something he was used to. That was the very beaten path for him. He needed to rewire himself physically, emotionally, relationally, mentally. And it was a huge shift for him, but he got there. He got there and he started to come on time. And there was a couple of times he came early. And of course, he shows up. He gets the big applause from everybody when he's not late. But there, sometimes there's kind of that emotion you're used to, even though it's not necessary. And for him, it was just a formula where, okay, once I am under a crunch, that's when I'll be motivated to move instead of, I don't need to be under a crunch to be motivated to move. I can just move. And I'll mention something here because no matter how long you've had the old habit, it is a habit. And that means that your brain is so used to executing and firing according to that habit. It's kind of like when I go, there's this a particular park I go to and like it's really funny the way they designed it because you park in the parking lot and they've designed these pathways to get to the beach to get to the picnic area and stuff but the way they designed it it's not the shortest distance to get to the beach or the picnic area so what's happened people have just created over the grass their own path that's like the shortest and you can tell what path people have taken because it's like uh, the grass is all it doesn't stand up at all and so that's like a habit that grass is not standing up because it's so used to being used. And when you're creating a new neural pathway, if you're creating a new habit, it's going to take time. Your brain is not used to it. It's kind of like a friend of mine. She, well, she moved last year actually. And 
she moved to a new neighborhood and stuff. And she's like, oh, I don't want to tell you how many times I'm driving home from work. And I take the turn off the bridge to go to my old house instead of my new house. And she's like, oh, I did this like one time six months after I moved. And why is that? Well, that's because the old habit is still kind of there, even though she most of the time went the way to her new house. So when you're looking at why the old habit is there in the first place, also remember that you are kind of programmed to do the old habit, which takes me to step four. How will you successfully set yourself up to integrate the new habit into your life? This can mean a change of environment, change of routine, change of interactions. For example, friends may just need to accept that you will text them back within 24 hours instead of 24 minutes. And you can tell them, if it's urgent, please call me. In the addiction world, I've seen some people really work so hard to set themselves up for success. And remember in step one, I talked about the, what level of I'm sick of this do you have? And they're like at a, well, I wouldn't even say 10. They're like beyond 10 with how sick they are of whatever addiction issue they've been struggling with and the negative consequences to it. And so there's actually someone who said he grew up in a certain town. It's a smaller town in the, in the area where I live. And he said, that's where I first experimented with drugs with friends. That's where my addiction became something much worse. Uh, my peer group went on to university and they, and they were starting to build careers. I was very much stuck because I was addicted. And he said, there are so many triggers for me there that I don't go back there. I live in the city now. My mom lives in that small town, but she will come and visit me in the city, which I really appreciate. I just, there's things I've missed, um, people's weddings that I've missed, but I know it's too much of a risk for me. Even if it's a small risk, I just don't want to take that risk with a reminder or there's, I bump into my old drug dealer or whatever it might be. And this is a person who also, when he came into rehab treatment, he got rid of his cell phone because there was too many contacts that were drug related contacts in there. And he said, you know, it was a bit, it was a pain because there was also good, you know, phone numbers and people. So he had to make sure he transferred his doctor and his family members and his counselor, like all the information, like phone numbers, he needed to transfer that over and let them know of his new number. But that's how determined he was to set himself up for success. And I'm not saying you have to go to these extremes with whatever habit you've chosen in your step two, but really get creative. What are ways you can set yourself up for success? And if that means you need to take time to do whatever it is, like this fellow, he had to take time to call the people he wanted to keep to let them know his new number. Well, how bad do you want it, right? It really comes down to things like that. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, the busyness of life can really distract us from facing and dealing with things we know we need to be facing and dealing with. The busyness of life can also be the perfect excuse to just not go there. Even when you know you're bottling it up and you're seeing how it affects you in a negative way. What's been helpful for me is to have a contained set time to address not just the issues, but the experiences I'm going through right now that are difficult to talk about, difficult to identify. I do this while I'm walking. I do this while I'm sitting and journaling. 
I also do this when I meet with my BetterHelp therapist. If you've got things you've been holding inside and you want a set space and time outside of the busyness of your day to go there, give BetterHelp a try. It's all online and they make it easy to schedule or reschedule as needed. You just fill out a quick questionnaire and that matches you with a licensed therapist. If you want to switch therapists at any time, you can for no extra charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash affirmation today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash affirmation. Thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode today. This episode is brought to you by Air Doctor. We take about 20,000 breaths a day. Boy, I wish I could say it's clean air, but it can have so many different pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores. And according to the EPA, the air we breathe indoors is at least two to five times more polluted than the air outdoors. So what can we do about it? Well, I've been using Air Doctor because it filters out at least 99% of the contaminants, like the ones I mentioned earlier, but also, of course, bacteria and viruses that can make you sick, especially after such a rough cold and flu season in the winter. I knew I really needed this. This is also great if you are working indoors all day, interacting with the public. Come see for yourself. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund, minus the shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code AFFIRMATION to get up to $300 off your air purifier. And just for Affirmation Pod listeners, you also get a free three-year warranty on any of their air purifiers. You get this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com that's A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O dot com and use promo code AFFIRMATION. Thank you, Air Doctor, for sponsoring this episode today. Okay, so step one, describe the old habit. Step two, describe the new habit. Step three, why was the old habit here in the first place? Step four, how will you set yourself up for success? Okay, step five. Now, step five, what will you do when tempted to return to the old habit? It's kind of like that phrase, old habits die hard. And remember when I asked earlier, how many of you have resolved to eat better, exercise more, save money, donate money, spend more time with family, et cetera, et cetera, and then gone back to the old behavior, right? So one thing you can do is think back, okay, what happened when I went back to the old behavior before in the past? Because there might be some insights you can take. Okay, yeah, my motivation slipped. My motivation dropped. Okay, that's probably going to happen again. So when my motivation drops, what can I do? For some of you, it may help to have an accountability partner that you can call or text. There might be an image or a picture of the new habit that you can have. For example, if you want to spend more time with your family, if you want to intentionally carve time to spend with your family doing, you could have pictures up on the wall of moments where you were spending quality time with them and how great that was. And that can be that added motivation for you. And you could even continue to add photos as you spend quality time with them. Again, that would be, of course, taking a photo, getting it developed and things like that. But if it brings down the temptation to return to the old habit and it sets you up for success, it's worth it. As you can tell from what I'm saying, changing habits is a lot more work than just keeping the old habits. 
And that is a key reason why old habits die hard. Change interrupts us. It disrupts us. However, the value in the new habit, the fulfillment, the quality of life, that's worth it. Wouldn't you agree? In the addiction world, there's something I've seen done that, that has the potential to be effective. And that's when someone comes in at the beginning, they're highly motivated. Usually something painful has happened and that's why they want to change and they, they're ready to make some changes. And they create what's called an emergency letter to themselves. Often in addiction, the time when someone relapses, which is going back to the addiction, and I'm not going to say it, say the explicit version, but they come to a point where they, where they have the attitude, I give up. Screw it. I don't care anymore. And there's all kinds of reasons and things behind it, um, which are unique to the individual, but that's often what leads to the relapse. And the emergency letter is designed to be a letter to yourself to read in those moments. So when you come in and you're highly motivated, you write a letter to yourself, the version of you that wants to give up and say, screw it, I'm going back to my old life. So are there ways, get creative, are there ways to send a message to yourself? The highly motivated part of you, the January 1st part of you, what can that January 1st part of you communicate to the February 1st part of you, the March 1st, the April 1st? It really reminds me of being at the gym. I had a gym membership for a very long time. Now I work out from home and it's actually the room I'm recording this in is also my workout room. And I just remember how January was like, what are all these people doing in my gym? Not that I owned it, but if, I guess inside I felt like I owned it. And then I'd be like, oh, I got to line up for machines. The classes are so full, blah, blah, blah. Get, and I remember there was one I was so like, kind of like annoyed. And I thought, get out of my gym. Well, yeah, when February 1st hit, they were out of my gym and it was back to normal. So how are you? And I know that's not a very good attitude for wanting others to get in shape. But what are you going to do to prevent the February 1st syndrome or the March 1st syndrome, right? And so for you, maybe it's recording yourself in a video so that you play that video of yourself when you're highly motivated, playing it back to yourself when you're not motivated, or creating a slideshow of quotes that are really motivating for you, or a slideshow that highlights the reasons why you want to commit to and stick with the new habit, or even a playlist, a playlist of really motivating songs or songs about not giving up or songs that just are meaningful for you for the new habit you want in your life, or a playlist of inspiring TED Talks or messages, videos that will keep you on track and keep you focused. I don't know what that is for you, but step five is to be honest with yourself, get to know yourself. What will you do when you're tempted to return to the old ways, the old habits? All right, step six, how will you measure and celebrate your success? So maybe it's a reward. After six months of this new habit, I will reward myself with blank. After three months, I will give myself this. After one month, I'm going to this. After a year, this is what I'm going to do. And rewards make us feel good. And so that's going to be unique to you as well. You got to think of what would be a really cool way to celebrate. All right. So those are my six steps. They are in the show notes, affirmationpod.com slash new habits. But just to review, step one, describe the old habit. Step two, describe the new one. 
Step three, why was the old habit there in the first place? Step four, how will you set yourself up for success? Step five, what will you do when tempted to return to the old habits? And step six, how will you measure and celebrate your success? If you want to listen to another podcast that's quite close to this topic, it's on kind of setting and achieving goals. It's Michael Hyatt's This Is Your Life podcast, season six, episode six. So I will link to that in the show notes. By the way, if you've never listened to that podcast, his co-host, Michelle, you may notice her voice sounds somewhat different. And so just to give you some background, she's never smoked, but, and I guess this goes back to what the manager at that internship said, but she's facing tongue cancer. And so she took some time off the podcast to get treatment for it. And now she's back as the co-host for the podcast. So she's a real example of courage and tenacity. Okay, I know I'm going long here. This is going to be an episode that's over 20 minutes, but I just wanted to tie in to this whole technology life balance. Thank you again to the Facebook group for really making that issue stand out because it's, like I said, in the Facebook group, it's the elephant in the room for all of us, isn't it? Is how are we managing technology life balance, especially when technology changes and it's got new stuff all the time. So We're at a time where we likely know more people who manage technology life balance poorly or not very well than people who manage it well. And if you know anyone who is managing technology and life well, my number one tip there is go and ask them what their habits are, how they pull it off, because I'm sure the temptations and the pull is there for them too. All right, I'm going to give you five things I've done for technology life balance. These are things I've implemented in the last probably year and a half of my life. And I recommend them. They've worked for me. And you can check and see if they work for you. One, at some point last year, I used a service called Unroll Me. And you can find it at unroll.me. It's free, or at least the part that I used was free. And what it does is you plug in your email address and it will bring up everything that you're subscribed to. And you can choose to stay subscribed or unsubscribe. I think we often get some subscribers remorse or we don't realize that we were subscribed to something. I remember when I used it, I was like, oh, I recognize some hotel names of hotels we've stayed at and they hadn't really sent out emails, but it was like, I don't go there very often. Um, I don't need the email. So if you want to declutter your email subscriptions, this is one actually pretty fast way to do that. And that way you don't have to have the subscribers remorse. Again, it's unroll.me. And yes, if you want to unsubscribe from my email list, of course, go for it. If it's going to give you better quality of life, I'm not offended. Okay, a little hurt, but I'm not offended. The second tip is when there is a particular app that is throwing me off balance, I'm checking it too often. I'm checking it to a point where, and this is Facebook, I'm like, why am I even here? This is not helping my life. It's starting to just become even annoying. So what I did was I moved it from my home screen, the first screen, to the second screen. Actually, now it's in the third screen. So if I want to go there, I have to swipe a couple times, and then it's actually in a folder. It's not on its own, and go into the folder. And it just gives me a window of time to think, do I really want to be doing this? Is this really where I want to go right now in my life and in my day? And by doing this, it also signals that this is a low priority. I keep the things a high priority on my home screen. And I actually don't, I know it's 
some people, <clears throat> my husband, um, there's like all these folders on his home screen. There's so much going on on there. And I just go, oh, wow, that's overwhelming. I just keep a few, just the vital things on my home screen and everything else. I got to swipe to go there. And that's a couple things. It's the psychology of it. The more barriers there are, the more likely you are to change your mind about something. So it's kind of like if you want to not eat so many potato chips, there's the option of, okay, instead of having it on the kitchen counter where it's so visible and easily accessible, having it in the cupboard. And if you want to take it further, having it in the cupboard where you have to get the stool to reach it and it's behind the pasta. So you got to move the pasta out. And then if you really want to put the parameters and barriers there, not buying it at all. And if you really, really want it, you're going to have to not just go to your kitchen, you're going to have to go out the door and to wherever to get it. And I know I'm really taking it to extremes here, but it's to prove the point. When you're at the grocery store, purposely not going into the aisles that have potato chips so that you're not even purchasing them. And that does fall back on the set yourself up for success step that I talked about earlier. There's an example in the digital world of the $300 million button that accompanied, and I don't think this company still is known publicly. It's still anonymous, but removing a step in their purchasing process earned them an extra $300 million immediately. So all to say, the more, the more steps there are, the more you're thinking about, do I really want to go there? Is this what I really want to do? And it gives you a greater sense of control over how you want to run your life and how you want to engage with technology. Number three is, and I love this one. I give credit to an old high school friend for this. He, he mentioned this to me. I created an email address that is just for subscribing to lists or things. I know emails in this inbox were not personally written just for me. It's written to a group of people. So this isn't the actual email address that I have, but it's, for example, Josie subscribed at me.com. That way I know when I'm looking at my inboxes, and yes, that is plural, I know which ones are personal emails and which ones are subscription emails. Four, I try to make as much, as much physical and digital barrier and parameter when I'm away, when I'm not wanting to engage in the internet. For example, right now I'm recording this podcast and I am on my desktop. I've turned off my email so that there's no notifications, the little one that shows up, the little two, the little three. No, I don't need to see that. I don't need to be distracted by that after I'm done editing, after I'm done all that I need to do for this podcast. Yeah, if there's time, I'll go and look. If not, like, I don't have to look at it right now. I also keep my phone in my purse when we're out for dinner. And this is a tough one because I remember one time I went out for dinner with my husband. It wasn't a big restaurant. There was maybe, I don't know, 12 tables. But at one point I looked around and I said to my husband, everyone has a phone out and many of them in their hands, except me. And then my husband just was like, yeah, <laughs> as he was, he had his phone in his hand. And I really feel like there's value in if you're going to have dinner face to face with a person, how about have a conversation face to face with a person? Maybe I'm wrong, but it just seems like a nice thing to do. Have dinner, have conversation face to face. Number five, and this may be my favorite one, and it's one of the newer ones. I just started using this this year, but it's called Rescue Time. I use the free version. I actually don't know all that it can do. I know there's paid plans and stuff, but what it does is I've signed up for it so that it automatically logs the time I spend on my computer overall 
the applications I'm using and how long I spend on it. So how long I'm in Word, how long I'm in email, how long I'm using Adobe Audition. It keeps track of all that time. And then it also, it has a default label, so you might need to change it and adjust it, but uh, very distracting, distracting, neutral, very productive and very productive. And there's stuff that, yeah, sometimes I have to change because I'm like, why is it saying I'm very distracted? And oh, okay, I had some time that I was in Pinterest because I was posting some of the episodes in Pinterest and they called that very distracting, which I get. And I changed it to productive. So it gives me an email every Sunday. And by the way, the email address I used to sign up for this was not my personal email. It was the, for example, Josie subscribed at me.com because rescue time will not be emailing me to ask if I want to go for dinner tonight. That's why it falls under the subscription email address. So anyways, on Sundays, I get an email and it shows, it tells me how much time I've spent on my computer and the applications I've used. So it's a great measure because I'm not going to sit and time it out myself. And it's a great mirror for me to see how I've been behaving. Again, that's rescuetime.com. I'm not an affiliate for it. However, I do use it and I do enjoy it. Again, all the links to this episode will be at affirmationpod.com slash new habits. Thank you for listening and thank you for enduring with me to the end. This is the longest episode I've had, but I'm very grateful. Thank you again, Ash, for the request and the Facebook group for adding input because I think, A, that's very timely because at the time of this recording, it's almost the new year and changing and improving habits when it comes to technology is something that is new to us. We're navigating this. This was not something that a hundred years ago we had to navigate. So. I'm not saying I'm doing it perfectly, but I'm trying. And I hope some of what I've given you today is helpful. As always, feel free to send me an email anytime, josie at affirmationpod.com. If you have any feedback regarding this episode or any of the content that I share. This episode is brought to you by Journaling Pod, my online journaling course for how to journal effectively and consistently. And there's still time to get it at the pre-sale price. So head over to journalingpod.com to check it out. This is Josie with Affirmation Pod, your home for personal development. Thank you so much for pushing play today and for connecting in. Bye for now. And have you subscribed to my YouTube channel yet? It's also where you can listen to Affirmation Pod episodes, as well as some other goodies. Subscribe today by going to affirmationpod.com slash YouTube. That's affirmationpod.com slash YouTube. Thank you for listening to Affirmation Pod today. Now go be you, know you, and love you. This is Josie with Affirmation Pod. Bye for now.